to Everybody's National Parks. This is Danielle. In today's podcast, Brian and I talk about our family's visit to Virgin Islands National Park in St. John last year, winter 2017. We held back this recording because it didn't seem relevant due to the devastation there from two Category 5 hurricanes, Hurricanes Irma and Maria in September 2017. We have been monitoring progress and supported the rebuilding efforts The park announced all roads, trails, and beaches opened on December 20th. However, the National Park Service is not running any guided trails at this time, including the popular Reef Bay and L'Esperance hikes. The National Park Service has not determined when they will resume this service. The visitor services at both Chunk Bay and Sinan Bay, which were run by concessionaire Redwood Parks Company, are closed until further notice. These include the campground and cabins, the Rain Tree Cafe and equipment rentals at Simmon Bay, and concessions at Trunk Bay. Also, the Archaeology Museum at Cinnamon Bay was destroyed, but thankfully all of the artifacts that were housed there were removed for safekeeping prior to the storms. You may support recovery efforts by volunteering or making donations to the Friends of Virgin Islands National Park or St. John Rescue. So please keep in mind when listening to our trip report that some of the things we discuss are not currently available. However, we hope that things will get back to normal very soon. The park is open and welcomes visitors. And now for our trip report. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Everybody's National Park. Today... Our trip report on Virgin Islands National Park. I am Brian, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, producer, and lovely wife, Danielle. Hello. So, Danielle, Virgin Islands National Park, our second time there, uh, first time with our children, I guess, maybe not technically, you were uh, you were with child the first time we went on a day trip. Uh, this was our full week vacation and for me, it matched up everything that uh, that I expected since we had gone. We were just there for a day, barely got the lay of the land. Uh, so we were very excited to go back and really, really explore the park with our kids. So uh, great trip, and I'm looking forward to talking about it with you. At this time, I got to have fruity cocktails. Right. Uh, I guess you couldn't do that last time. <laughs> I, although they, they, well, what we can't remember is did we know you were pregnant or not. So You know, I think I discovered I was pregnant right after that yeah, trip. So maybe you did have a fruity cocktail. But too. I remember being very winded. Were. That's that's what I remember as well. <laughs> uh, so we're, actually, we should talk about that hike, which which is a, uh, a great way to start. Um, you know, we stayed... We stayed in the park at uh, at Cinnamon Bay, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, just from the top, if if one is just a day tripper to St. John, if you're coming over from St. Thomas, you're just a day tripper, you can get off the ferry, uh, just the passenger ferry, not the car ferry, and right there is the visitor center, the, the National Park Office, uh, National Park Visitor Center, uh, right at the disembarkation point. Uh, and then I thought what was really neat was right behind there, uh, even though you're in Cruz Bay, the town of Cruz Bay, right behind there is a path uh, called the Lind Trail, which can take you to one of the nearer beaches. Yeah, which that must have been what we did seven years ago. You can either go to Solomon Bay or Honeymoon Bay. It's a really nice little hike. And then, of course, once you get down to the 
either one of those beaches. It's just beautiful and pristine, good snorkeling. And I guess it it probably begs making a, a, a general description of the park, especially those who are familiar with the Caribbean. Of course, the Caribbean can vary greatly in terms of landscape. What I really liked about St. John when we first went and what I was really anticipating going back with St. John was, in my mind's eye, what the Caribbean should be, where you have this lush forest, relatively untrammeled, the National Park, of course. Uh, And then what was really, uh, really cool about this particular park, what, what you discovered the first time and we were anticipating the second time, are there are several beaches, more than several beaches, that dot the park, and basically the effort you want to put in, whether it's driving or, in this case, what we talked about, hiking, you can go to a beach, and depending on what you want, you can go to a beach that has some infrastructure. Uh, you know, it has it has uh, snack bars and place and gift shops and places where you can bathrooms, rent bathrooms, <laughs> or you can get away from it all, and uh, it's not that difficult. There is some effort, but not that difficult. Uh, on the other end, if you want to hike and get back into the forest, you can do that as well. Uh, and if you wanted a bit of history, a lot of this was built on old uh, sugar plantations, uh, which then became some cattle uh, some cattle grazing areas when the, the, the forest was deforested in a lot of ways. Uh, but that's kind of the lay of the land. So it is not built up. There's Cruise Bay. There's a few towns. But the, the preponderance of the island of St. John is the national park. And so it felt great to get away from it. Unlike St. Thomas, which we had been in that vacation, which was fine, but there's beaches, it's built up, there's condos. Uh, St. John uh, seemed like a, a, a fantasy land where you can, you can get away from it all. Later podcasts, we're going to talk about how sometimes that fantasy doesn't match reality. But for us, uh, for the locals, but for us as tourists, that's what we were very, at least I was very much excited about. So your initial impressions... My impressions, I loved the, well, overall, I loved the beaches, of course. I loved relaxing, but I loved that there was, it was such an interesting place. There's so much history to be discovered and archaeology. I thought being at the campground at Cinnamon Bay was so cool because um, there's the archaeology museum there with uh, great interns working in there that were able to answer our questions and had great information. Um, there's also uh, different programs that happen there, lots of different easy walks to do with our kids, and, um, of course, snorkeling and seeing really cool fish and coral, as well as just being on the beach and being able to see stuff in the water just while we were playing on the sand. So I loved the combination. It wasn't just uh, the Caribbean vacation for us of just sitting and reading our books on the beach and um, just relaxing. We There was a lot to get out of it, and I feel like we did that, and I really enjoyed it. But there's even more there for subsequent visits. So just a little bit of geography of the of the park. So there's a main thoroughfare that goes across the top of the island. And there's another one that goes through basically the middle of the island and the national park. The top one is where, uh, as you get out of town, there's a sign for Virgin Islands National Park. And that's the one where every few miles there's another beach 
where you can either park your car and get out, uh, or in some cases you need to park and maybe have a, a bit of a hike, nothing too arduous, but a bit of a hike to a beach. And then, of course, the, the place that goes through the middle, through the spine of the island, um, that's there's some trailheads there for some ha- uh, uh, trails that transverse uh, that transverse the island. Now, a few uh, a few beaches in, about halfway in, is Cinnamon Bay, which is where the only campground uh, is. Now, uh, Cinnamon Bay, as we learned, is going through uh, some changes. The new concessionaire has just taken over. As a matter of fact, we, when we made the reservations, it was under the old concessionaire, and it switched over. Uh, so you want to talk about uh, where we stayed and some of the changes happening and just kind of the general just kind of general outline of what that campsite looks like. Sure. So um, first I'll just mention the parking lot. It's reasonably big, but does fill up. So if you're there in uh, the high season, um, you want to get there by 10 o'clock to get a parking spot. And there are spots reserved for people staying there, but nobody seems to really abide by that. So just uh, that's, you know, little tip. When you come in, you can head straight down to the beach or you can get uh, go through the Rain Tree Cafe, which was just built. It's really pretty and um, named for the gigantic rain tree that's in the middle of the restaurant. Good for uh, any meal. And then you head down to Cabins, which we are told those are going to be knocked down and rebuilt this spring. So it will look entirely uh, different if we uh, get to go back. And um, then there's lots of uh, campgrounds for pitching tents. And another brand new thing that they uh, are built some and are in the process of still building more are eco tents. Um, and that's, and then of course there's, you know, restroom area and showers and am I missing anything? No, I, no. Other than I thought this was, and we'll talk about trunk Bay in a bit, but I thought this was the, one of my favorite beaches, not just because we stayed there, but because it was the best of all worlds. It was, there was infrastructure there, you know, you can rent your, you can rent your flippers and your snorkeling gear. The Rain Tree uh, Cafe, which was fantastic. That tree in and of itself is a highlight. It's it's a it's called a Rain Tree. I asked about it. Uh, several hundred years old and massive to the point where you think that, that can't be real. And mm-hmm. it is obviously very much real. And the new concessionaire has built a bar area, outdoor seating area that basically just about circumvents the tree. And it's very, very picturesque. Uh, so you have you have enough infrastructure there, but it's not overrun. It gets crowded. You're right, and I think like any of our tips for any national park, uh, whether it's a trail, whether it's some other feature you want to see, it's always the same. Get there early. You you, know, you may if, if unless you want to be dealing with crowds, you should get there early, and then you know embark on your trail. Or in this case, post up on your spot on the beach. But uh, Cinnamon Bay was big enough that you could spread out. That is nice. It's it's a pretty large beach, so you can you know just park right there and and be uh, you know surrounded by people, or you can take the time to walk down on either end and be a little bit more on your own. It's and, big enough. And we we liked. I also like. You're right. You mentioned this before, but uh, the interns who are non 
National Park Service staff? Were there interns affiliated with the concessionaire? Um, no, actually, they work for the archaeologist um, for the National Park Service. Oh, wow. I stand corrected. Mm-hmm. I stand corrected. Uh, but they I, also did double duty where they would tend bar as well. Well, so. that that was just a second job. So she ah, was I see. working as a bartender. But. Oh, that's cool. Well, they were uh, very good to our kids, right? So that was, I guess, the other observation staying there. Um, I was this, I was surprised. Uh, you know, we were there February, winter, our kids. There were a few other families, but not many. And the clientele was skewed definitely older. Mm-hmm. So uh, our kids were hit because uh, they, they pretty much adopted grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> or or, the, or I'd say the, the other patrons adopted them as their grandkids uh, wherever right. they went. So, uh, and the, 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 the interns that we're talking about, uh, as they told us, you know, they don't see many kids. So uh, it ended up that, that it's not to say it wasn't family friendly. It was the opposite where our kids got a ton of attention and in a good way, learned a lot and were able to really absorb a lot of the things uh, at not only at Sinman Bay, but I think this also translated wherever we went. True, true. Um, and, and the person who runs the events for the concessionaire uh I was inquiring about their list of events for the week and they had a a movie night and I asked about the movie. What is that? And she said, Oh, it's rated R. Um, we really don't get many kids here. We don't get many people under, (laughs) (laughs) she said age 60. (laughs) Right. It was not a big deal for us. We were wiped out, but we had to hustle up and finish up. Uh, if we weren't grilling at our, uh, cabin site, we, we basically ate, at the Rain Tree Cafe. So at that that night we had to hustle up to uh, to pack up before the uh, before the movie, <laughs> the inappropriate movie, uh, yeah. uh, started rolling. But uh, so Cinnamon Bay, that's Cinnamon Bay undergoing clearly. Uh, if we gave this trip report next year or even in two years, I think there's going to be some significant changes. And we saw the construction of the eco tents, which look great. I'm not sure about the value uh, in terms of a of a general. Um, campsite just a tent campsite versus an eco tent versus whatever the cabins are going to be it seems as though there's a movement to uh, to limit the general tent campsites and increase the eco tents because they can probably charge not probably they're they're, they're going to charge a lot for them i think yeah. <laughs> however they are just feet away from the beach so that is nice you know, probably in like 20 feet, you're walking out of your tent or, and you're just, then you just pass the tree, the tree line, the path that leads to the beach and you're there. I mean, you're right. But I think we were, our cabin was positioned about as far from the beach as you can. And it was still very, very close. Yes. So it is every, there's not a, it's like the old saying, there's not a bad seat in the house. Right. Uh, And by the way, the advantage of our cabin was we were maybe if we were the far farthest furthest from the beach, we were also closest to the cafe and the bar. So that was, uh, and the bathroom was once it was dark and taking the kids to the bathroom. That was nice. Right. So <laughs> it, it close there. didn't matter. We could have been assigned to any cabin and I would have been thrilled. It was a, a great spot. Again, you're in the middle of, of the park, the only, the only campsite and it's central location. You can, you have the advantage of being up in the mer- early in the morning to explore the other beaches or trails, sugar mill, you're, you're not far from all that. You don't have to drive in from, uh, from, from cruise Bay. Uh, so cinnamon Bay, let's talk about trunk Bay 
So Trunk Bay, uh, well, Danielle, Trunk Bay, what, your impressions of Trunk Bay. What did you, did you have any notions going in or? Uh, no, the only thing I knew about it and the reason why I wanted to make sure we got there is because they have the underwater snorkeling tour um, with uh, signage from the National Park Service. And I just thought that sounded very interesting to me to be out there with my mask going along and seeing these signs underwater. Um, I That just seemed like a really cool concept. So I wanted to make sure I checked that out. And that's also, you know, it's kind of like this underwater hike uh, for the National Park. So that is the only thing I really knew about it going in and the reason why I wanted to go there. So we should say Trunk Bay is also a another um, another beach with with amenities, uh, a, uh, a small cafe, a a an equipment uh, outfitter rental place, a gift shop, uh, and lifeguards. The only beach that has lifeguards, uh, but consequently, it's also the beach that has an agreement with the National Park Service. Uh, with the cruise lines, so cruise lines can uh, send their patrons patrons to Trunk Bay. And I asked you about the your preconceived notions because I had also I was very curious about the underwater snorkeling trail. Uh, but also, when we had done our research, I don't know if you remember, and people were rating best beaches, not just in St. John in the Caribbean. Trunk Bay uh, bubbles to the top, and again, it's a Sugar sand, like all the beaches, sugar sand beach, and behind you the dramatic, the dramatic forest. Uh, but man, it was, it was stressed. It was a stressed beach from all of the patrons uh, that were there. Not blaming cruisers for for being there. I mean, again, we're we're there using the park as well, but um, it was crowded. It was crowded. We and then there there was a time where I don't know what it was. Probably like one p.m. You would hear like. Uh, bells or announcements going off you know buses leaving cruise blah 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 time to uh gather your things and it's departure time and then all of a sudden we the beach was fairly empty yeah so i that's a good point there's obviously getting there super early is great uh mid-morning we were there and then mid-morning it was you saw the catamarans line up um and tie up about uh, 50 yards offshore and even with some of those catamarans were loaded down and then it was not to make an overstatement but kind of like the uh you know the invasion of normandy where uh, you had these one zodiac boat after another uh loaded down with folks from cruise ships who didn't want to snorkel but wanted to hang on the beach just coming and unloading coming and unloading uh so you know consequently that underwater snorkeling trip again it was neat to you know, you had you have three buoys. Basically, it's a triangle, and you know you follow the triangle around uh, clockwise, if I remember correctly. And you do have every I don't know twenty yards or so, you have a plaque that's bolted onto a rock, kind of indicating what's going on. That said, as the coral there was very stressed, and uh, it wasn't as as spectacular as some of the other coral that we saw at some of the other beaches. Mm-hmm. Um, so, look, that's just, it. obviously, there's a, if, you, if you're worried about swimming, there's a lifeguard there. If you want amenities, it's great. 
you can you can be counter cyclical with the the cruise lines, but that was uh that was not exactly getting away from it all. No. And the other thing to mention is it's the only beach that charges a fee, an entry fee. Right. So um I think it was five dollars per person and free for kids under a certain age. And um I heard it referenced as the sacrificial beach. Yeah, but we're not going to mention who said that, but someone did tell us, said, look, that's our, that's the sacrificial beach, right? That's the one where we'll let the cruise lines in. We do the best we can, but um, then we can zealously guard the other beaches, right? And it brings in money for the park. It does. Or I should, guard's the wrong word. Limit access to the other beaches, right? You have to work to get to these other uh these other beaches right still spectacular views and and uh again it's a day at the beach right so there's exactly i don't want to overstate overstate this uh it was still a great beach and probably beat anything that you can have on saint thomas um i i i can't speak to that i really don't remember um our stay that much in the beaches at uh at, at St. Thomas but i just wanted to mention another point um in terms of people, lots of people coming to the beach. We went to Honeymoon Beach, which was, uh, we parked and did a little hike um, called, do you remember the name of that? Oh, that was part of the Lynn Trail, but it's like we're kind of cutting it off. Instead of starting at the visitor center, um, we drove right out of Cruise Bay, went up that hill, parked right where you see the sign for Virgin Islands National Park, and then we did the hike there. So we just cut off a little bit of that hike, um, which was the Lynn Trail down to the beach. And um, that beach is really beautiful. But that day, and I'm sure it happened, I don't know if it happens daily, um, there were lots of the snorkeling tours. So people on those private boat trips um, and all of us, we went snorkeling. And it was, you know, just a couple of other people out there. And then we saw those catamarans come in. And all of a sudden there's like 50 people snorkeling in the area. Uh, But similar to the other experience, and not not as many people, of course, as uh, coming from cruise ships. But they all left around the same time. So it was like for an hour it was jam-packed. And then they left and then it was just pretty quiet. We should talk about our favorite beaches. We're not going to go through. There's there's a there's lot, a lot of, beaches, of beaches, and, yeah. and there's a few we didn't get to. Uh, but we should talk about our favorite, right? And and uh, 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 so go ahead. What, what, what was your favorite? Our favorite. Um, so I would say uh, our favorites uh, were. We already talked about how much we liked Cinnamon Bay. Another one is Maho Bay, which is a smaller beach, but uh, Really nice, quieter. There's no reef there, but it's very grassy. And so it, it's a great place to see sea turtles. It is a sea turtle nesting area. And uh, that was our kids' favorite spot, too. And it, they enjoyed snorkeling there because it wasn't scary for them and it was easy for them to see turtles. And they didn't have to go very far either. So I really liked Maho Bay. I liked it too. Again, parking, limited. Uh, bathroom but that's about it but yeah i love that beach it was again it goes without saying there was it's not a bad view anywhere from these beaches but uh spectacular views and to see sea turtles we, you and i have have uh, sporadically 
dove and we've snorkeled a bunch. I only remember seeing a sea turtle once on a dive we did 10 years ago. And that was a huge highlight of ours. Uh, I mean, that's, I mean, we you, saw you can't miss so them. many sea turtles. You can't miss them. And, and so they're over everywhere. several days. So at a couple of, we went to Maho Beach more than once. We went there twice. Um, and then there was an, uh, well, we'll, I'll talk about that in a second, another beach where we saw ter- sea turtles, but, uh, loved that beach. And I think our daughters loved those, that beach too. So, uh, let's hear from them. First, we're going to hear from our eight-year-old daughter and then our five-year-old. So can you tell me what the, your favorite part of our visit to Virgin Islands National Park was? My favorite part was going to um, snorkeling and seeing all the coral reefs and the fishies. And it was so cool and it was beautiful. It was so pretty too. And once when we went snorkeling, we are on this. We were on this boat, and they dropped us off at spots. Um, and one of them, you ended up on this on this tiny beach, and it was fun sitting there and just letting the waves carry you. It was fun, lots of fun. And also the color of the water in in the beach, it was so clear and beautiful, and so. Something I loved about that is there isn't that much pollution, and that is good. Also, seeing the turtles was really cool, and they were massive. And something I liked about that, too, it was sort of funny, on some of the turtles, there were these fishies on their backs, and that, it was sort of funny. It was like they were playing a game of hide-and-seek. To me, it looked like they were playing a game of hide-and-seek, and the turtle needed to find the fishy, and the fishy was just on its back following it until it would sometime find it. So, that is something I liked about St. John. And what was your favorite part of our visit to uh, Virgin Islands National Park in St. John? My favorite part was when we went to Cinnamon Bay and also when we went on the boat where there was food, drinks, and my sister got a hula hoop, but I didn't know how to hula hoop, so I never got one. And I never saw where they were, but someone gave it to her. And I never saw that she had the hula hoop, but she still did. And I... Um, had lots of fun, fun on the boat, but when I, when it was the last stop, I was scared to go in the water. But I got, got in the water, but I was very scared to go up to the turtle where we saw a turtle, and I was very scared to go up to it because I might go in the turtle shell. So it's funny, and I might, it might eat me, but the turtles don't eat me. Thank you, girls. I enjoyed hearing your perspectives. And now back to my beach descriptions. The other one that I really enjoyed and maybe my favorite is um, going to watermelon. I, ah, I, I knew I was going to mess that up. It's water lemon, not watermelon. Water lemon K. Uh, so there's a nice hike 
that you do, which is right by the um, Annenberg uh, Sugar Plantation Ruins. And um, the name of that hike is called the Leinster Bay Trail. So you park your car. It's probably approximately a mile hike. Gorgeous. It's along the water. You're in the trees. Uh, just beautiful. I really loved, that was probably one of my favorite things. Good kid hike too. And great kid hike. And then, um, beach, however, is fairly limited. Uh, so you kind of just have to find a spot and just park there in between the trees. There'll be a little path in between the trees and a little bit of sand and that'll be your spot. So we had our own little spot and then you know, our neighbors were a little bit further down where there was like another break from the path leading to the water. And um, so it wasn't our kids' favorite, I don't think, because the sand, the beach area wasn't as big as, say, Maho for playing, but it was still, they still liked it. And um, what was cool there is that they got to see a lot just from while they were playing on the sand. They, while they weren't even in the water, they saw... Uh, barracuda. Mm-hmm. They saw nurse shark. Right. Um, twice, both of those twice. And then, um, turtles were there too. And then sea turtles were there too. And not that far off. So someone, you would hear someone say like, Oh, there's a sea turtle. And you know, we would hop in and go swim over there and go see the sea turtle. Uh, one of my favorite activities over the course of the week was while I was, you know, sitting on the beach, just watching for the turtle heads coming up for hair that I loved that, that every time I was always equally excited as the first time I saw it. And then from there, um, swim out to water lemon K and circle around counterclockwise. And that was the best snorkeling we did while we were there. So, so the, water lemon K is an Island. We should, yes. Yeah, so it's an Island off the coast of, of this beach and yeah, I agree. That was the best. It's work, but uh, well, so well worth it. And we, another note is we did not take our kids. Uh, you know, one, we took turns. One of us stayed with them on the beach and the other one went out and did that circuit. It, it would have, for our kids, they're still young. It would have been too strenuous. The good news is these other beaches have reefs right off, right off the, right off the shoreline. So there's some easy ones to do with kids. This one was a little bit, a little bit more of a swim, but uh, certainly well worth it. And again, my my favorite as well. And another cool thing we saw was um, some. Oh, I wish I could remember the name of it. Um, a big stingray. It's black with white dots. Spotted one, right? Yeah. And I, and they they travel in pairs and I was told that it's somewhat rare to see them. It's hard to see them. So that was pretty exciting. That, that I saw two when on my, uh, on my, uh, turnout, I just think I saw one, but, uh, it was a lot bigger than I thought it was. It was really, really neat to see. And very, very deep, very deep, very deep. Um, so we can go, there are other beaches we can go on, but uh, there's other things other than beaches that one can do. So uh, there's some history there. We, we've referenced this a couple of times, but uh, the Annenberg ruins, right? So we did that one morning with the kids, and uh, it was very invaluable. And I thought it was really, 
really well done. So want to talk a little bit about the Annenberg ruins? So that's also a, a little trail. It's right by um, where we were just talking about the the trailhead to get to Water Lemon Cay. And um, it's a nice walk. It And you see the sugar plantation ruins. It's, I think, the most intact. Uh, there is sometimes a volunteer there uh, who can answer your questions and provide information. There's also... Um, do you remember what that was called? The uh, where they had the baked goods. Um, yeah, what's it, that house called? It was it was the old kitchen. It was an old outdoor kitchen. Oh, and it had a specific name. But it did have a specific name. It was an old outdoor kitchen, and and I guess as a when it's open, and we were there when it was open, they have refreshments. So they have traditional traditional island bread and juice and traditional uh, island juice, which was very refreshing uh, when we were. Uh, when we were there, you know, it's also a great teaching moment. So we, you cover a lot of ground there in terms of with our kids and we're on vacation, but yeah, you see those ruins, you talk about, uh, everything from slavery, right? So there's a lot of slave labor and even the Annenberg ruins have a, literally a dungeon, uh, for, for slaves. And so, you know, look, we had to, it was a teaching moment to discuss that with our, with our children. Then you can you pivot from there. You can talk about things like um, wind power, right? Because the there was a uh, ruins of a windmill there. Uh, you talk about wind power. You talk about the process of of making uh, of making sugar, uh, and you yeah, you can even go on and talk a little bit about mercantilism and and natural resources. So uh, it was a great teaching moment. And again, once again, uh, spectacular views overlooking the bay over to British Virgin Islands. So it was uh, a great a great break from the beach and uh, a pretty decent education and just fun to see. And we also, uh, our first day that we arrived, uh, or the day after we arrived, we went immediately to the visitor center and picked up the Junior Ranger uh, activity books so that our kids could do that. And so there were lots of questions and uh, research that they were able to do to discuss that. Um, and study at the uh, at the ruins, right? And so that that the the kids got again as always. The kids love the junior ranger programs, and they got a lot out of that. The uh, another program we did is uh, a ranger led program. We did a bird watching hike on the Francis Bay Trail, which is another another beach. But uh, we did an early morning uh, bird watching hike, which uh, again we loved. The kids loved, and it was great to be there with the ranger. The kids loved spending some time with the ranger, so I thought that was uh, I thought that was a highlight as well. It was, and um, it surprised me how popular that was. It w- we met at seven a.m., which amazing that we managed to get there on time. Maybe it was seven thirty, seven or seven thirty, and uh, it was it was packed. There was a yeah. big big group. It was again. We we were the only family there. There was. Uh, and so our kids were the only kids there. Mm-hmm. So they were, once again, hits in the center of attention. But, uh, again, the, and the ranger did a great job. There were some, uh, there were some pretty, uh, pretty advanced birders there, then amateurs like you and me, and then the kids, right? So uh, and she, was, she was very good about balancing all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that was pretty good. You want to talk about some of the birds that we, uh, we managed to lay eyes on? Yeah, the only ones, um, of course, there are tons of um, pelicans. You see those from wherever, 
you are on the beach, um, any of the beaches that we went to and, uh, and during our bird walk. And um, we also saw little blue herons, kingfishers, royal terns. And that is all I remember. That's that's basically all I remember too. Again, <laughs> amateurs. But again, it's not just the bird, the bird watch, uh, the bird watching. It's also the hike. It's also uh, the bay that we saw. It's also the the spectacular views, and uh, it was just a great hike. Uh, if even if we did not even uh, uh, see any birds, so I really enjoyed doing that bird watching hike. Um, and look, there were other ranger-led programs we never motivated ourselves to to take advantage of, but uh, there are myriad. And uh, this was, and not only there are myriad, but it seems like they're, they're they have all of our sympathy. The staff, we felt this. The fa- the staff at Virgin Island National Parks are very stretched, and probably not getting any better anytime soon. But it seemed like they were very, very short-staffed and spread a little bit too thin. So. It's it's too bad, and don't blame the rangers at all. It seemed like, the, as a matter of fact, the ranger who led our bird watching hike was sick, had the flu, but mm-hmm. there was no one else to cover, and so she she powered it through and told everyone to you know don't don't uh don't don't shake hands with her and, and stay out of her way when she sneezes, but uh, she was going to power through for us, and uh, we very much appreciated that. But it's it's again, it's too bad that they you have these parks as popular as they are, maybe never. Um, never as popular. It's bird watching hikes are a perfect example, and you know you have a ranger who can't even call in sick, right? That's just because there's no one else to help out. Right. I think they uh, were down to three rangers from eight because there were some who retired or some who had moved on to other jobs, and then someone who was on leave, and you know they just can't get anyone else. And a hiring freeze and and all that. So. You know, we we we've talked about this a bit in our podcast, and we'll continue to talk about it. That uh, uh, you see these parks when you first get there, your impression, you're overwhelmed with the beauty, and uh, that's your initial impression. But like anything else, if you spend some time and you start looking closely enough, you start seeing some some fissures, you start seeing some cracks in the facade, and and certainly in this, it's it's the operational side of things, right? There's uh, where there's just not enough rangers and staff to really maintain the park, not just from a visitor perspective, but also the physical plant, right? So, which we, we don't really see the physical plant, but you sense that, right? The longer you stay, you know, you sense that, you know, maybe maybe the physical plant isn't all that it could be. That's um, because, you know, you have three rangers, and I'm sure the seasonals there are, are being cut back as well. So, uh, you know, that's a consideration when you're in, in in all of the parks, but we felt it a bit in Virgin Island National Parks, despite their best efforts. Mm-hmm. And um, that's also at the visitor center. They have staff there uh, and people who will ring up your purchases and whatnot, but they don't, they know, they can answer some questions, but if you have anything specific, you may want to see it if there happens to be a park ranger there who you may speak with, if you need any specific information that they're unable to answer for you. Nothing ever beats interacting with a ranger. Right. And then another note is that um, there are two popular hikes there. The one, um, the reef, uh, reef bay trail hike 
that is, there's a rain, you could do it on your own, of course, or you can do it uh, led by a ranger and that fills up very quickly. And if you're interested in that, you would want to sign up and for that in advance of your trip. Um, we, we just didn't have time for it. Um, but it's a very interesting hike. You see petroglyphs and ruins on the hike. Uh, you meet at the visitor center, take a, take a, a safari bus to the trailhead, and then you take a boat back. So you don't have to take a uh, climb back up to return. Right. It's a mountainous island, so you're just doing the descent, which uh, seems very, uh, very uh, accommodating. And I, I, I would love to go back and, and get to do that, and we just didn't manage to do it this time around. That, there's that and the Ramhead Trail, which are the two, um, two really special trails that... We wish we could have done. <laughs> right. And, they, and, and uh, Ram's Head ends up at Coral Bay, which is the, the southeastern part of the island. Um, it's Salt Pond. Salt Pond. Yeah. Salt but pond. you would you would go through um, Coral That's Bay right. to get there. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we didn't make it this time. I, I did do a hike on my own um, where I just I wanted to get some good exercise in. And I was feeling, uh, feeling uh, kind of a hike deficiency, which was right at Cinnamon Bay, which went through the ruins that were at Cinnamon Bay and went right up the um, went right up the mountain, as it were. And there was a great uh, a great side trip to the uh the old manor for the for for the folks that owned the uh that particular uh plantation and uh you know it's a trip back in time the ruins of that uh but also a great hike and then you end up at the middle uh the middle highway that run, highway the middle road that runs through the uh the spine of the uh island so i i did that hike and look that even that hike which was um a little strenuous because it was basically straight up, and I did this. I did the side trip to the the manor house. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that. That was a good hour or so, and and that uh, that definitely scratched my hiking itch. So I was glad I did that. Yeah, there's um, a few other things um, that I wanted to mention in terms of uh, events and activities happening. Uh, you get those from a few different sources. You can, uh, when you get there, you can check at the visitor center for their list of uh, ranger-led programs. And there's also the Friends of Virgin Islands National Park that also has their own activities. And then also Cinnamon Bay also has their own set of activities. Sometimes there's crossover where they list each other's, but I had all three um, programs and there there was some variation. So if you're interested in, in doing those type of things, you'll want to check all three sources. Last thing, and then we should probably wrap up a bit. I know before going down, you were concerned about bugs, mosquitoes, in particular Zika. Um, we were there in February. Do, do you have any? And again, we were on the beach. Uh, any report on that? Yeah, low low bug season i was except for our one daughter who uh she seems to get bug bites in the middle of winter um <laughs> right but other than that um they were not bothersome at all we didn't really see much in the way of bugs and a friend of mine had warned me oh you'll want to be off the beach by four o'clock which sometimes um, there was a day when we were on the beach kind of late, and I was like, oh, I think I'm getting eaten a little bit. But nothing was too bothersome. It was fine. Yeah. 
it was, I mean, my, my general impression, it was totally fine. Mm-hmm. A couple no seams uh, would nibble here and there, but in terms of, you know, being in that tropical area on the beach, it was totally fine. So I, uh, again, we asked around, they said, well, you're there in the low bug season. Right. And in particular, it's not as though it's been, it had been particularly dry. Apparently November was extraordinarily wet and rained a ton. Uh, just February's low bug season. So uh, we, uh, again, it was totally fine. And in terms of things like Zika, we were smart and we wa- we, we did wear bug spray, appropriate uh, bug spray for the environment there. But uh, we just took precautions and it ended up being totally fine. Um, well, I that's about that's a pretty good report uh, in terms of Virgin Islands National Park. Did you want to talk about the town, or do you want to talk about anything else? I did want to mention. Um, I saw someone who was uh, who I spoke to at the beach by Water Lemon K. She had they were doing a lot of hiking, and she had the Trail Bandit map. So there's this website, the Trail Bandit. If you Google it for St. John, um, it's this guy who uh has has this map of all the great hiking and uh that map you can find it in shops in town so if you if hiking is what you really want to do that would be a great resource for you another thing that i wish we thought of getting right at the beginning of our trip rather than at the end of our trip was a um waterproof fish guide that we could take yeah. with us um not necessarily take it when we were out swimming. They are intended for that purpose if you want to, but at least to go back and forth when I'm on the beach, look, and then see, you know go back and look at the guide to see what I just saw. Um, That's so a good tip. That I wish we had thought of doing that earlier on in the week. That's a good tip. I think, I think on that on that idea of tips, the only other tip I it's not even a tip. It's just more of an information. Unlike other campsites. Uh, in the national park system, or just even your your local state or municipal campsites, uh, Cinnamon Bay did provide camp stoves and propane to go with it. That was just part of part of your admissions fee, as it were. So you didn't have to worry about bringing a camp stove. And of course, you're you're you know if you're a visitor, you're flying in in some regard to uh, to the U.S. Virgin Islands. So you don't have to worry about buying a a propane tank somewhere at a camp store. It's it's there for you. So I found that very, very convenient. Right. And, uh, there are three supermarkets in town. Everything is fairly expensive. We did bring some staples with us that we knew we wanted um, and then, you know, did food shopping as well. Um, and then they have a cooler and you can buy ice in their store there. Yeah. And Cruise Bay was fun. I, I enjoyed, uh, we, we didn't, can't, we didn't, uh, uh, eat at the campsite every night or at the Rain Tree Cafe every night. We went to town a couple of nights and it's just a fun, you know, fun beach, mellow town, right? So I, I, uh, I enjoyed our time there as, uh, I enjoyed our time in Cruise Bay as well. It's a small place, so there's nothing is too far away. Uh, so even, even though the Cinnamon Bay and the centrality is very attractive, I don't want to give the impression that, uh, you're, dozens and dozens of miles away from civilization you're not it's just a it's a windy mountainous road of several miles until you get to back into cruise bay so it's fine when you want to shoot in and out of town but man it's nice to be there once you're there and you're there and you're within shouting distance of uh, not only your own beach at cinnamon bay but uh just in a few minutes drive to any of the other beaches 
Yeah. And uh, it's nice when you're uh, driving that road, there's some turnoffs where you can, with the overlooks where you can park and get a good snapshot. And um, another thing, the last thing about Sinmin Bay, I don't think we mentioned this earlier, with the archaeology museum that's there, there are some cool things there where there's lots of people at the beach and they're looking at it. They don't know exactly what it is. So there's this thing right at the beach. It's called a cattle dip. Do you remember that? This big structure. And uh, another thing that we saw that daily and it took us several days to find out what it actually was. So it's called a cattle dip to bathe cattle with water and arsenic to get rid of parasites and then transport them onto ships. In the old days, it's, it was a ruin, right? Right, so, yeah, it's a ruin. This, this is not but happening But it's, it's a ruin on the beach, right. Um, right when you get on the beach. Right. So I thought that was cool. And then just tons of cool trees. Um, the bay run tree, smelling the leaves. They just smell so sweet. And the turpentine tree that they call the tourist tree that's peeling like uh, your peeled bird Turns skin. red and peels. And, yeah. Uh, so I guess... Uh, that was our trip. I can't and wait to go back. It was awesome. The kids loved it, and we loved it, and there's still so much more that we can do. Well, as our youngest said when we were leaving, she said, uh, I want to come back tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so, me too, but uh, reality, reality prevailed. So someday soon we'll be back. So that's it for uh, everybody's National Park, Virgin Islands National Park trip report. More, more to come on this park, and uh, we'll speak to you next time. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Everybody's National Parks. Virgin Islands National Park is open to visitors. Check the park's website for the latest status. The territory continues to recover and rebuild from the hurricanes. While some of the larger hotels renovate and rebuild and power restoration continues, there are accommodation options, restaurants, and attractions that are open for business. Spirit Airlines will increase their flights between Fort Lauderdale and St. Thomas from two flights per week to four flights per week beginning February 16, 2018. Be sure to contact your airline, accommodations provider, or travel consultant or advisor for updates before you travel. You may visit usviupdate.com for more details as the territory welcomes visitors back to their beautiful shores. USVI is hashtag still nice. We are hoping to be able to interview park staff in the coming weeks to bring you the latest information, so please stay tuned. As always, show notes and links to resources for this episode may be found on our website, everybodysnationalparks.com. You may find the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. If you like the show, write a review and please tell your friends. You may also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or send us your comments at everybodysnationalparks.com forward slash contact. We love to hear from you from the parks you are visiting, so please tag us at hashtag everybodysnationalparks on Instagram from the parks you are visiting. Most of all, enjoy exploring the national parks with your family. Bye for now.